In 2000, Ted Culbertson found an elite body shop for the top 1% of technicians. His purpose was to provide quality and professional service to Helena and the surrounding area. He succeeded. Today, Ted calls his shop Top Gun. Guy, I don't know the word. Oh well. Welcome back to Shop Talk Podcast. We have an extra special guest tonight. He's a former X Games competitor, motocrosser, and honestly, he owns one of the most elite body shops in the state of Montana. Welcome, Ted Colbertson. Well, thank you guys. I appreciate you having me tonight. I'm honored to be here with you guys and, uh, yeah, communicate and see what you guys want to talk about. Yeah, um... I don't know about these guys, but I want to know what got you into motocross. Just the love of it, or? Well, um, yeah, I definitely uh, loved extreme sports. Um, pushing the boundaries. Um, had a good uh, racing career for a lot of years. That kind of died out, you know, just the work of prepping the bikes all and then maintaining them. And, um, and it was just too much. And then working an 8 to 5 too, right? Like you're for, oh, yeah. you're 40 hours a week at a job and then going out practicing. So, um, shoveled up a ramp one day and started hitting ramps and got some opportunities there. And, you know, those little opportunities, take advantage of them. You never know where they're going to go, right? So, uh, did somebody see you ramp or how did you? Yeah, what, how like, that, how yeah, kind of I think, uh, social media era. You know, it's crazy, like, uh, so that was probably <laughs> 2005, which, uh, the birth of Freestyle Moto was 99, so for Montana to see that at that point, like, no one oh, yeah. in the valley had ever seen anything, so oh, it yeah. generically kind of just grew, and then, uh, in the beginning, just opportunities arose, and, you know, um, you just showing up being a professional and doing your thing, and... <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Did you do all your bike repairs all yourself? Did you have anyone? Oh yeah, no, that was all on me. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Oh, for sure. Yeah. (laughs) Which growing up racing, I mean, you're talking the two-stroke days, right? Like you can pretty much maintain, uh, handle all those. So yeah, I was always mechanicing on my own stuff. No doubt. That's badass. Now, were you originally from Montana? Oh yeah, Helena born and raised, yeah, and like, you know, it was pretty cool because being a small town kid, um, I always wanted out, right? Oh yeah, everybody. Did. Right? And then, uh, yeah. And so you always come back. <laughs> that was the best thing that happened for me, or was getting an opportunity to really travel. Um, and, you know, California is a spot for dirt bikes. Oh, sounds So I get down there and I'm like, man, I am not into this. So it just gave me such more appreciation for Montana. Uh, the people, um, the, what we live in, you know, the quality is so much better. I mean, there's just bros down there. Oh, yeah. yeah, metal militia tattoos and stickers everywhere. <laughs> I mean, I don't want to talk about riding dirt, but I want to do it. So, oh, totally. yeah. Yeah. Now, did you search out sponsors or did they search you out? Yeah, no. Was um, it kind of all self-funded? Or? I think, it was, like I said, it was all generic um, in the beginning. Um, it was all self-funded getting opportunities, you know, um, in the beginning, you'd get paid for a show, right? So you showed up, you did a demo, you got paid. Obviously, X Games is a different animal where you're, like, competing uh, with a group of guys 
and then the top guys, um, you know, I, I only X Games was like snowmobiling for me, right? So oh, that was just snowmobiling. Um, so I mean, all I mean, snowmobiling in general is a pretty small industry. So there's like four of the guys had all the sponsorship dollars tied up for the factory. So trying to break that, and, and I was like, I was a good doing a demo guy. I mean, beginning, you know, doing a backflip, you mean it's ten grand a day. Dang. So, I mean, you huh. do that four times a month, don't weed yourself, you're doing pretty good. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah you're, you're living the life. Yeah, it, so it was good. Yeah, and hey. being smaller, too, you um, there's only a handful of dudes, so you could control the market a bit. Sure. So it didn't dwindle down. You backflipping a dirt bike now is like two grand. There's just so many people doing that. Huh? Yeah. Well, yeah. It's yeah, they just good. flooded the market with it. And, yeah. It's not, yeah, trying to make a living doing it, right? Oh, okay. that That was the goal, making a living. Mm. Beer break. <laughs> yeah, brought to you by Coors Light. Yeah. Sponsors, you assholes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I think, you know, um, it was a great thing. Um, extreme sports was in its prime. Um, and, you know, and like, I, there is not a part of Canada I have not been through. Damn. Like, coast to coast. I mean... They just love it up there. They loved it up there. It was new to them. Um, and to get across the border, you, you couldn't have any DUIs. Right, so that leaned out a lot of people that could go. Uh, just saying. Uh, so that, that helped, right? And we were like there in our back door. Like Calgary was six-hour drive for us. So I mean, I could get to Calgary and fly wherever I needed to go. So, I mean, New Brunswick. Um, I mean, any, any part of Canada. I've been through. What's the craziest uh, spot you ever had to go do a oh, God. event at? That uh-huh. Just like whether it was wild or you did wild shit or. Oh, God, there's so many. I can tell you um, the show I missed the most was like Calgary Stampede. Like they claim it's the biggest outdoor show on earth and it truly is. And like I just did it so many years. Um, I got to know a lot of the people putting the shows on. You know, the, the I mean, they're planning two years in advance for that show. Holy shit. So that part, I'm like, um, and the inner workings of all of it. Like, I really enjoyed seeing that level of um, commitment out of those people. And it's a great show and a good time for sure. Hell yeah. That's awesome. Do you have any nasty accidents while you were out there? Oh, or? yeah. Well, not there. I mean, all the <laughs> Well, I probably my worst... Uh, I shoved my tibia through my riding boot. Oh. Yeah, so when you're looking at the bones, it's real. Yeah. <laughs> Dang. So, I mean, my memory is really, really bad. So, I mean, I think that kept coming me back. I was just addicted to coming back. Um, and, you know, and just getting back on the bike and redoing it, right? So, I enjoyed uh, just self-healing, getting back and going, making, uh, getting out there again. So... I truly, I enjoyed that piece. Now, what got you transitioned into snowmobiling? Well, were, you, were you always snowmobiling? Or? Well, crazy enough, like, um, I grew up with a, a snowmobile family. Um, that mom and dad had a lumber yard um, growing up, so we snowmobiled in the winter because that was our downtime. And then when I got into high school, I started racing. And then um, pretty much I'm like, well, snowmobiling costs so much, right? And that was my passion, so I stuck with it. Well, then I got into freestyle moto. Um, being here in Montana, you got six months of winter. Yeah. And then freestyle, freestyle snowman was really taking off. 
So I shoveled up, I made a motor ramp or a snowmobile ramp, shoveled up a landing and started going at it and built a foam pit and started figuring out the backflip. Now, is the foam pit, like you hear a lot of professionals use the foam pit to really nail a trick. Do you think that's key in trying new shit? Is, well, is finding someone with a foam pit or building a foam well, pit? Like I've always said, if you if you fuck it up, you're getting coloring crayons for the rest of your life. Yeah. Right? So, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I'm just being honest, right? Yeah, so, no, 100%. It was a, I can tell you, and when you're going 70 foot into a square box, flipping a snowmobile, it was the scariest moment of my life, right? Um, but when you're the most fearful, you're like the most focused you could ever be. And I did, uh, my whole goal that day, um, was to do like 10 flips in the foam pit and it's it's a car crash like you're going 30 maybe to dead stop like it's not fun and then I probably did four in the foam pit and then I looked at my landing when I was going at it like my normal landing and like just get it over with so I just rotated one landed it perfectly and I never touched the foam pit again that point it was all progression from there yeah, yeah. Was that because you knew there was a knife in the foam pit? Well, yeah, I mean, there, there was five knives. We've we located three. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> I've had my fair share of adrenaline sports, and I always felt like it was like you kind of had to have this mindset that is just different from everybody else. That, like, yeah. you have to be willing to, like, put it on the line and, like, disregard a lot of that anxiety and shit to like make the flip happen or make whatever you want to go i just go i think that like everybody's different right like um i i either gotta be challenged or humored or i'm bored yeah (laughs) right and some people work comfortably i work uncomfortably like so if i'm under pressure i I just fall i mean i'm i mean that's in my prime so, I mean, some people, like, they don't like pressure. I'm, I, I just like the pressure, right? So, I hope that I'm not like that my entire life. But, you know, for right now, currently, I like the pressure, right? Hell so yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, I always think it's healthy to push your bounds or push your limits. Or, well. Even if it's financially, you know, like, all right, well, if you think you're going to get somewhere, you got to push a little harder or, you know, the moment you stop and yeah. sit down, the world just passes you by. Well, I think, um... Like, everyone lives in the comfort zone, right? And then the circle. Um, and I get that. But your biggest achievements in life are outside of that. That's where you're going to remember the longest. So those certain things that you were like, oh, my God, I can't believe I did that. You know, a child, um, backflipping the snowmobile, starting a business. That's what you remember, right? Hell, yeah. So, uh, so I can tell you, you know, I mean, uh, three years ago, I became a pilot. So that was, like, my next challenge, like, right? And like, um, so I don't even remember the first time I was in a plane by myself. I'm like, oh my god. <laughs> this is all on me. So certain things like that you remember. Being out of the comfort zone is where I feel most comfortable. Hell yeah. Now, do you, being that you just said you getting into flying, was that something you had a little passion for a while ago? Or is that a yeah. new thing? Or? No, not at all. Um, my buddy became a pilot. Um, Dave, 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 Dave. Dave. Uh, and I, I didn't even. I'm like he became a pilot. Um, invited me up to go with him, and honestly, I mean, I scared shitless. So I'm like, um, oh man, what are you doing? You just 
based on him and me have prior history. <laughs> Is that fair enough to say, Walt? Well, it's very colorful. Yeah. 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 Uh, <laughs> uh, we like to have fun together. So I didn't know if I trusted him, and I didn't know if I trusted myself into playing with him. But then, really seeing it's in reach, like it was like, man, I could do this. I, I mean, I had a lot of fun coming off of extreme sports, like what's next for me. I tried golf for a year and I realized I only like drinking and driving. So, uh, that wasn't a sport for me. Yeah, yeah. got kicked out of too many golf courses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely accurate. Yes, I did, for sure. Yeah. Been there. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, now, did they have you learn on like a simulator or was it just yeah, something no. you hopped in the yep, passenger uh, seat kind of deal? Yep, no, uh, I uh, hired a flight instructor. Um, went through all the training with him. And there's a lot of like book work too, right? Mm. Yeah, so yeah. like really mentally challenging on me with aviation, the book part, learning new things. Um, and then honestly, flying the plane came pretty natural. Really? Uh, which, I mean, you're a mechanic. I mean, growing up in Montana, motorcycles, snowmobiles, like the mechanics, it was really came fairly natural. Tell me what to do, I'll do it. Yeah. You can get the feel of it. Um, but it was really learning weather. Um, how yeah. to talk to your controller. Yeah, that's controller. That's the shit that scares yeah. me. Yeah. It's like, you never know if you hit a air, uh, turbulence in a pocket that you yeah. didn't know about, and then all of a sudden your plane drops 10 feet. Oh, yeah, no. Makes your asshole bump. Well, yeah, no. Like, that's the thing with motorbikes, right? Like, you can always see the bump coming. You don't get to see them in the air. Yeah. No, you just get to fly the plane through it. Yeah. <laughs> that's fucking fucked, man. Yeah. Uh, what was I gonna say? Now, did you do you rent a plane to fly? Did you buy a plane? Uh, I bought a plane. Um, uh, you know, it was like forty grand. Really? That actually seems cheap. Like, for yeah, and like it's really attainable. Like, uh, if you get into it, um, it's pretty affordable, pretty cheap. Uh, my plane, like, it burns ten gallons an hour. Like when gas was, you know, dollar. It was yeah. $30 an hour. Yeah. Right? So it really wasn't that big a deal. Um, an annual, mechanic annual, like 800 bucks. No big deal. Yeah, not a big deal. Some buddies were, you know, busting my balls. I'm like, well, you got a $40,000 side by side. If I don't crash this thing, then it's still going to be worth money. Yeah. yeah. And I know I'll crash the side by side. There's no doubt. No, you don't want to crash a plane. You usually don't walk out of the Yeah, I mean, yeah, no doubt. Don't have to worry about repairs. Like, my, yeah, yeah, there's no repair in it. Put now, scrap that thing. You know, my mom's worried sick, like moms do. Um, I told her, I'm like, well, everything prior to this, I've been doing everything to kill myself. Now I'm doing everything to try to not kill myself. So it's a new tent. Hey, yeah, it's, that's, it's a new That's meat. a good way to look yeah, at it. Yeah, okay, mom. I'm like, this is the challenge. It's challenging now. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> now, what, what kind of plane do you have? It's a Cessna 172. Oh, and the uh, crazy thing about it, it's a 1968. Oh, she's that's, that's a plane. beautiful right? year. <laughs> like, uh, the crazy thing with aviation, like those planes in the beginning, I mean, I wouldn't be trusting my life on a 1968 car. No, right? not in the air. No. Yeah. no. You wouldn't no. think about that. No, no. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't drive it to Great Falls without my cell phone, right? Yeah, <laughs> right? exactly. Phone a friend. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, uh... That's the crazy thing with aviation. Like, there's still planes flying around, like that are just still maintaining. There's just not much to wear out in them. You know, talking transmissions, you know, rear ends. Um, there's just less moving parts. And I can tell you, like Cessna, um, they built forty-four thousand of them, 
and that believe they came out in 1940s in the 40s, right? They've never logged uh, logged a structural failure. Holy shit! Wow. And it's still the same airframe today. Yeah, that's so that's crazy. the most old plane of all time. So, oh yeah, those guys in aviation had figured out at a you know, early age, <laughs> not like uh, um, maybe car guys, right? Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, how many does it seat? Uh, four people. Oh, that's that's actually not bad. Yeah. So two guys and all your hunting gear and your yeah. I mean, the boots. thing with aviation, it's all about uh, weight. Yeah. It's all weight, you know. Can't be eating all them donuts. Yeah, no donuts. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and some buddies that maybe not that like the donuts. So yeah, it's all about weight no and balance. Is making sure your plane can get off the ground. <laughs> yeah, just need to heads up before we go. You know, a couple months. Yeah, take a fetch or something. <laughs> I seen Waldy twelve of them today. So. Today? Today? Oh was my god! Is that accurate? Was it my off by one I, or two? I didn't need them all because you brought in three dozen. Do you literally just three dozen log man? Yeah. <laughs> You had a good sugar buzz going. Jesus Christ. Is that why you're so giggly all the time? Maybe, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Jacked up on the sugar. About the time I finished the donuts, we had a barbecue at lunch, and I think I had four. Damn. Yeah. A barbecue? Yeah. I need to work here. Yeah. yeah. It was good. <laughs> the first nice warm day of the year, like barbecuing with the guys. Oh, yeah. yeah. Great. Oh, great. Oh, no doubt. Beautiful day in Montana today. Yeah. It was long overdue. Oh, yeah. It's been a long winter. Oh. And it still feels like it's not over. <laughs> yeah, well, it could be snowing tomorrow. Snowed yesterday, yeah. 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 yeah, oh, yeah. I drove, uh, drove from Townsend to here yesterday, and there was snow in the gap. Sticking on the roads. I'm like, oh, my God. Uh, yeah, I don't, they always say spring showers, or spring April flowers. What is spring, spring showers, showers, April flowers. Yeah, help you. yeah. yeah. spring <laughs> snow showers bring mm-hmm. mud. Yeah, no, it's crazy. Oh, man. Yeah. Now, what got you into auto body? Um, so I actually had like a, a full ride going into college. Um, but I had nothing that I even really wanted to do. <laughs> like I, mean, I looked at him like, I mean, I, I was going to be, I actually signed up um, to Bozeman. I was going to be a nurse anesthetist. Mm-hmm. You as a nurse? I yeah, I know. I get it. Uh-huh. But I was just like searching for something to do. I mean, I had, I mean, I didn't want to let mom and dad down, didn't want to let people down, right? Um, so it was pretty, uh, I was struggling with what to do. And like, um, I started with a guy when I was 17, um, my junior year in high school, doing auto collision restoration. And I just loved it. I mean, I liked uh, the hot rods, um, working with my hands. And probably the scariest moment, like telling mom and dad, I'm like, I'm sticking to a minimum wage job. I'm gonna go chase this dream. I enjoy what I'm doing. I don't really like. It wasn't about the money, you know. Um, I just truly enjoyed it. So that's truly what started with me. Actually, I'll back it up. I'm gonna back it up one moment. Uh, what truly started with me? Mom and Dad went on a vacation in high school. I had my dad's truck. I was doing burnouts and cooking the hell in high parking lot. And I lost it and stacked it up into a telephone pole. Oh shit! Yeah. So. Uh, a buddy of mine's dad was like, kind of like a half, you know, just do body work after hours. And I remember going and pop riveting the core support in. And I like mudded the hood. And I'm like, I knew it looked terrible. So I'm like, but the, like the, the moral of the story was like, dad was just pumped. I didn't leave his truck wrecked and say it's not my deal. 
right? Yeah, you put the like, Oh yeah, I fixed it to, and it was drivable. Yeah, I mean, it didn't look the best, but <laughs> I didn't just like, hey, hey man, this I, I messed up. Yeah, are we good? We good? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that's truly uh, my first experience with auto collision, right? Dude, that's a badass. <laughs> yeah, it was like, I didn't think it was so bad. <laughs> no, it wasn't. Yeah. At the time. No I was freaking out, Harry. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I remember putting a car, my dad had this little Buick, uh, uh, it was like a Sentry, little four-door, the old 90s square one. The thing was uglier than sin, but they got like 35 miles to the gallon. Yeah. My dad would let me take it to school because it was cheap because I had a square body pickup. (laughs) And on my way home, it was super muddy and... I may have had a beer or two, and I I had made it all the way home. I like the disclosure, yeah, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I got all the way home. Did Dad know you maybe had one or two? No, he was out of town for the oh, weekend. Oh, okay. So, he was out of town. I was using the car on a weekend to go do stupid kid shit, and I'm on my way back, and our, our road into our ranch is nothing but mud, and you usually have to have a pickup to get in and out, and I'm just balls to the walls in this Buick trying to get into the house. I'm literally 500 yards from the house, and there's a little corner going into the ditch. I piled it up in the <laughs> I just went straight through the corner. Oh, yeah. And then I, like, panicked. I'm like, I gotta fix the fence before my dad gets home. Because, like... Yeah, fence was priority. Fence yeah, priority. Yeah, no, yeah, Fuck the it. car. The car was 500 bucks, so no one cared yeah. about the car. But the cows could not get out. Yeah. The fence was electric, so it had to be working when you got back. Oh, yeah. So I, like... Get the car out. I go in. My cousin's in the house, and he's like, "What's up, Mike? I fucked up. You need yeah. help. Let's go yeah. fix the fence." Phone a friend. Yeah, phone yeah. a friend. Yeah. So we get the fence all fixed, but I couldn't quite get the post to come back to straight. So, without like completely removing it, yeah. Well, we had got it, the gate fixed, and it's a steel gate, so we bend it all back to straight. Stretch all the wires back that were broke and rehook the electric fence back up, and it worked. But it, it went from a, a straight square gate to a, a wide a fence. Yeah. <laughs> My dad gets home and he's like, It took him a couple days, if I remember right. It took him a couple days, and he was just coming in and like, What the fuck is going on over there? Yeah. I'm like, uh, Did you see your car at all by chance? No, what'd you do to my car? I'm like, ah, I might have put a dent in it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I grew up on a farm too, so dad was, I mean, the, the vehicles, they're fine. You, you mess with the animals, you got the problems. Yeah, yeah. yeah. animals so, had to be fed and the mm-hmm. fence had to be fixed. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, now, uh, mostly because I, I drive by it and Paul probably drives by it quite a bit. What's the story with the General Lee and your new Townsend location? Um, like, I think everyone should own one, right? Who, yeah, does, who doesn't, who doesn't want, want one? Yeah. I, if you didn't want to own one, I'd be worried about you. Uh, How did you acquire one? Um, so, I was looking at, uh, like, those Gateway Classics. They're out of, like, uh, they're all over the, uh, the country, right? They're just classic car company. And I was, uh, online one day, and I seen one in Denver, um, and it was actually like a production car uh, that they use for a promotion. I should say a promotion car. Um, 
So all the original jump cars were all flat in color, so they didn't see the cameras chasing down the side of them. Oh, right. Oh, really? Um, yeah. Huh. And all the jump cars were all like small block. Yeah, they right? were the original. The, yeah, they're small block cars. Yeah. Um, they never jump big blocks. So <laughs> this car was actually uh, used for like a marketing, um, and it was all let me shiny in color. It was a big block with an air. So I'm like, I mean, even if someday if I didn't want it generally, this is still a 69 Dodge Charger yeah. with a big block yeah. and an air car. Like, it's worth money. So I'm like, when's generally? Um, and that just cued me in how much I love da- Daisy Dukes. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm like, so. Yeah, yeah right. want to be uh, in the Dukes exercise. Yeah. <laughs> and, it, and it's got the horn, right? The Dixie horn. Um, and all the actors signed under the deck lid. So I mean, it's a little bit of memorabilia. Uh, I'm like, yeah. I'm, I'm, so I acquired it, and, uh, and it's a showpiece. But like, it's a great, like six thousand miles on that car. So I mean, it's really low miles. Um, had fun driving it last year. Oh, yeah. I was gonna yeah. ask if you drove oh, the yeah. shit out of it. Yeah, I've got burnouts to be done. In? Yeah, I like. I mean, it's it's a little big block, but uh, <laughs> it'll it'll do them still. But yeah, not like the new cars will. No. Yeah. 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 No. No. Yeah. Uh, I keep hearing around town that people just stop in to check oh. out the fucking car. Yeah, like my, my estimator would just open the place up and he's like, you gotta get this car out of here. You gotta get this. Like, I don't have time for the picture time. So I'm like, well, that's why I put it in there to get some, you know, some traffic through the door. Saying, it's working. Yeah. Yeah, and like, it's a, it's a cool car. Um, it's definitely, you know, it's not a like, letting people know, I'm like, I didn't paint this thing. <laughs> you know, like that, that was no. like, hey, this ain't what we do here, but <laughs> uh, but it's memorabilia. I think it's a cool car, and uh, yeah, it's a Dukes of Hazard. Like, dear lord, yeah. and Townsend, like, is a great pay- place for it. Like, oh yeah, yeah uh, people are loving it down there. Uh-huh. Totally. Uh, <laughs> what made you wanna? Man, you have just expanded. It, it seems like at such a rapid rate, and like. I'm just so impressed. Like, what made you want to move to Townsend? Well, I think even, like, this location um, in Helena, um, I mean, this this will be my 10th year from freestyle. Like, uh, I broke my leg uh, in Sydney, Australia, my last year doing freestyle moto. I didn't even wreck my, like, my leg's full of metal. Um, it just, I'm like, I knew I was done, right? Like, it's an expiration limit, so. I'm like, I had a prior history with the auto collision, like, so I remember laying on the bed, like, Googling how to grow a body shop. There's no information on it, just yeah. to let you know. Don't, <laughs> no. don't waste your time. Trust me, <laughs> I, I, I'm trying to teach myself how to do yeah. right now. Yeah. There's no schooling for that. Yeah, so, um, I think that, uh, you know, I just focused on customer service, doing the right thing, pick up the phone, and um, do more than you promise, right? Oh, I Right? Um, so, that just... Customer service, I'm like, I mean, I probably was here, I, uh, you know, hiring my first employee, I was like freaking out. Like, this person depends on me. Yeah. My decisions. Yeah. My decision making depends on me, right? And, and you, on the flip side, depend on their quality that you yeah. have to put yeah. your name Yeah, on. looking out for each other, right? So, exactly. And I was freaking out. I'm like, there was a lot of stress. Um, and then I hired a couple kids and they didn't work out. And actually, Walt... <laughs> Um, hired Walt. He was in uh, college, um, and I remember uh, I flew to Hank's funeral, 
yeah. come home, one left, and it was me and Madison at that point. Mm-hmm. It was so I'm mean, like I was two years in, and I was the only mechanic or body guy, right? Oh my God, um, yeah. So I hired a couple more, and it just slowly. I think I never I never dreamed of what I was gonna do. If this wasn't the vision. I think you rise to the occasion to be a leader and grow the business and like see where it goes um, and own it, you know? Um, so that's truly where I was like, all right, I'm getting opportunities. I'm an opportunist, like no, another opportunity. And it's risky. I mean, there's no guarantees in business at all. No. So you either um, take advantage of it, see where you can go, um, analyze. You can always analyze all the things that went wrong, but I'll always like I analyze what went right too. Definitely. Right, so y'all people like celebrate the wins. What are we doing right? Hell yeah! Yeah, we guys have just such a spectacular reputation. I mean, I I I'm one of those people. I I don't like anyone to touch my shit. Like, I, I just can't trust anyone. This is the only shop I've ever brought any of my stuff to, and it came out exactly how I wanted it to. You did exactly what I asked, and it came out beautiful. And it was yeah. a simple thing. I just didn't have the tools that's to the like the customer service part that we really focus on which yeah. is, you know up front uh, getting yeah getting the information we need from the customer to know what they want what yeah. their vision is or what they want to see their car what yeah it's their money it's their car yeah, yeah so inviting them into the process like it you know where, where do you want to spend it exactly. what's important to you yeah. like asking like communication like the, the biggest thing in anything right mm-hmm. is asking right what what do you want what do you want what's your vision here you know, so I think that that's a very key point and growing the staff to understand that, right? Definitely. Um, yeah, so that piece for surely. Uh, and ultimately, too, I'm like, I run, always run with them, you know. Um, I can't fix it when it's broken. You know, so that my customers know, hey, um, if there's something going on, please come back. Like, people get anxiety to come back with something that's wrong. Like they just build it up in their head to have a conversation, right? Yeah. And I'm like, I'm like, I encourage them. Like, if there's anything you see, like, I don't drive your vehicle every day. Totally. So if you you know your vehicle, so if you're seeing something that's going on, stop back in. We'll gladly take care of it, right? And um, and ultimately too, even after the fact, like so so many businesses are so focused on getting customers in the sale. I mean, I mean, every one of my customers gets a handwritten note after the fact, thanking them for their business. That's you know, so I'm like that's looking out for them after the sale. You know, just those little subtle things that build trust. You know, Definitely. I mean, customers. Uh, once you gain their trust, well, you got them. You got them, right? And then you take care of them. You know, you gotta earn their trust. It's not, it's not, it's not given. You gotta yeah. earn it. Exactly. Um, my dad owns a mechanic shop in in Lincoln, and Lincoln is a super small town. And in these small towns, and Helena is technically a small town. Yeah, I agree with you. It's rural. It's rural, you know. And you piss one guy off, you might as well have lost ten customers, you know. And then those ten customer, those ten people, you know. Yeah. It it spreads like wildfire, and 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 leaking especially, or or Townsend, you know, like you piss one guy in Townsend off, you might have pissed off the yeah. whole half of the town you know so every customer you, you yeah have to really and i think that like i mean i always say uh you know best in a rural market you're only as good as your last job oh, right that's fair so yeah. i mean so you got to pay attention and make it right with the customer um and i grew the business like i'm a people pleaser 
You know, I think that a lot of it in the business today, you got to pay attention because you can get crucified way more than you ever could in, right? Like, oh, yeah. with social the interweb, media. yeah. Oh, um, well, social media is gone. Social media, I mean, so. Crazy. And I, I'm like, hold myself to a high regard with that, but in business, like, for me to survive, I'm like, I'm a percentage guy. You're not making everybody happy. Like, yeah. some choose to just be angry. There's nothing you can do. You try. Um, I analyze what. Like I, I, I like Walt's heard me say it. Um, I've learned the most by my worst customer. Oh yeah, they give the most feedback. Oh yeah, right. Like yeah. you sit there, what? Like something happened here. What was my hand in it? What? What could I have done different? And then I try and implement processes and or ways to um, grow and be better for my customer base. But yeah, sometimes you just you you're not gonna win them all. No, you never can win all of them, but you always try and do your absolute most yeah you know, and in mechanics and you, you shit fails sometimes <laughs> you know and it, it yeah you didn't know you know you you might have bumped something you didn't even recognize you know and they come back hey you fucked this up like, oh i'm sorry i didn't even yeah it's not you know, i'll it's take not, care of it no big deal yeah as long as it's not lack of ill intent yeah, right that's of, a no. way we're not robots no exactly yeah. no we're still humans <laughs> at the end of the day Oh, man. That's cool, man. Yeah. Paul, you haven't said much. No, he's not. He's just over drinking just, beer. So yeah, just, you know, <laughs> no, just... You got any questions for Ted? I got one. Where did the green come from? Um, <laughs> How'd you come... How'd you decide on that? So, you know, it's a funny story. Like, people like, you love the green. I'm like, well, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a painter, too, so I like all colors, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, I just felt like, uh, so I'll kind of give you a backstory. Um, you know, I, I grew up on a farm and a ranch, right? Um, and I can tell you, mom taught me how to uh, work hard. Dad taught me if you hang out with two fuck ups, you're just the third fuck up. Right. Damn it. I'm the third fuck up in here. Yeah. yeah. So it might be a couple of us in here, but. Uh, and they really taught me how to work. And I'm, I'm like, growing up on a farm, it wasn't for me. They really, I, I couldn't, I wouldn't have changed anything. Um, great, loving family. Um, I enjoyed every part of it. Uh, so then, uh, like, probably my, uh, probably at 16, I met a, a retired three-star gen, three general uh, that moved out to Montana. Uh, and uh, I can tell you, a war veteran, like, no doubt. Um, and I, like... So he moved to Montana, hunting and fishing was his gig. He wasn't like a uh, general in D.C. rubbing elbows. Right. That wasn't his gig. He wanted to be under the radar with like real human beings. Um, and he taught me a lot of leadership. And like, you know, I was probably 16, asking stories. And I, I'm like, I'm always paying attention, even though you don't think you're paying attention. Um, and like, he, I mean, researching, you know, Hank Emerson, like he was truly an American hero, one of the last good generals. So after that, I got into the freestyle, right? Um, and it taught me promoting, like promoting. Oh, yeah. Right? I was around promoters every weekend. So, I mean, I'm, I'm a social guy, so I was always asking questions. What are they thinking? What are they doing? Uh, so it kind of created, like, how do we create a brand? <laughs> brand recognition. Uh, so the green was like, well, uh, UPS, uh, they got brown. So they're really not that cool. Why they the brown? Yeah, so, and like, in the color guy, like, you have the logo and everything pops in the green. Yeah. Um, so that's truly what I uh, tailored it toward. Um, and I mean, you see red, you see black, you see white. 
um, a lot of blues. No one's really pumping the green out. So, and, and it's the color of my favorite thing. Money. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, a little bit of money's good. A lot of money's freaking okay. Money's better. <laughs> but more money's even the best, right? Yeah. So, um, so I just tailored off that, right? Um, that's truly where the green. Oh, okay. I, I like all colors. There's no doubt. And you drive, you ride Kawasaki's mostly. Yeah, I rode. I grew up riding Kawasaki, uh, Articat. I rode Articat. Um, and actually, the original green, green and black, came from, was Articat green. Oh, what it was, yeah. Huh. I'm mean, like literally, it was Articat green. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Huh. That's awesome. I'm, uh, when I started my business, and my wife and I are going through logos and building our brand, you know, and I'm I'm falling in love with the logo in, in lime green. You know, I'm like, oh, it looks what? so good. And she's like. Top Gun's already got it. What's proprietary now? So you know, like, yeah. those registered trademarks. Uh, yeah. So yeah. like, well, like, I guess we're just gonna do. Well, you look at marketing. <laughs> look at marketing. Like you look at a, uh, an ad in a, a newspaper or a, a magazine. The first thing that draws your eyes is color, right? Color. Right. Yeah. Like if it's black and white, you're not even no, you're not even gonna catch your eye, right? So yeah. it's really what's catching your eye. That's why I read the funnies and not anything else in the news. Yeah, I mean, it's a lot of colors, right? Yeah. Color, yeah. And they're more entertaining anyways. But yeah. You guys see so going to laugh. Yeah. So I can't disagree. I'm like, I think it's a good thing. Yeah. That's about all I read. Mad Magazine. You guys don't even remember Mad Magazine, do you? Oh, yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. That was my go-to. Uh, yeah. Awesome. I got one for you. Yeah. What's your favorite story somebody has told? about how you lost your ear. Oh, like definitely the pig bit biting it off, right? <laughs> I mean, it's a funny story about that, like, um, mom and dad, like we had every animal, pigs, chickens, um, milk cow, garden the size of this property. I mean, dear Lord, it was all work. So I don't even remember, but apparently I went to my dad and like, pop, and they couldn't keep me out of the pig pen. <laughs> And I'm like, so the only thing that I really truly miss, I'm like, they're like dogs, right? Yeah. They got personality, yeah. they're fun. And apparently, I don't remember, but I apparently asked my dad, what happened to my ear? He said, pig bit it off. So I went to school telling everyone that. <laughs> but I truly believe it. I'm like, I had no idea. So I finally got to the age where I knew better. I'm like, well, this story's got to live on, right? I mean, it went all the way through the freestyle career and everything. And one of my buddies uh, called me late one night. He's like, I'm so pissed at you. What? What did I do? Well, I went home, and he's out of Northern California. I've been talking about you, how badass you are, and all the shit you went through, and a pig freaking tried to kill you, <laughs> ate your ear off, and freaking Heath Frisbee told me that's a lie. <laughs> and why? Like, I grew up with Heath Frisbee, like, we told lots of stories. Why? Like, he dropped me in the grease on that one, I'm still pissed about uh, but yeah, I mean, that was like the, the highlight, but yeah. once I had a bone broken out of my leg, you know, I'm like, I mean, I mean, I got a lot of scars to prove it, right? right? right. So yeah. It just yeah. helped sales yeah. at that point. Yeah. You understand how fucked up this was? Yeah, it was terrible. <laughs> Fought for my life. Barely yeah, it was good. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Did it get you any ladies? What's that? Did it get you any ladies having all these scars and broken oh, bones? Oh, I mean, <laughs> I mean, I feel like I'm getting back into a corner here right now. Uh, <laughs> come on. Like, scars are like, they like scars, right? Well, I mean, it's tattoos stories. and scars yeah. or something. And, uh, 
calm thing scholars. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think they all like the wild guy, but at the end of the day, they want the calm, you know, like someone that can take care of them. Right, yeah, definitely. But being a nut job out of the gate helps for sure. Oh, yeah. yeah. It just doesn't last long. I can tell you that. It doesn't last long. Yeah. Like he's an idiot. Yeah. Uh, Paul, you got any more questions? <laughs> One thing that is you haven't greater. Said anything. Well, just, yeah, I'm I know. just letting you guys go. So yeah. no, this he's, is great. he's freestyling, but he ain't, he ain't a part of it. So yeah, yeah. let's go. Um, <laughs> your commercials are kind of famous around here, like for uh, Top Gun Recovery. We don't want an arm and a leg. We just yeah, want your toes. Is that you, or do you have someone you work with? You know, that, or? so when I started Top Gun, I was always, uh, we work because we have to. <laughs> That's right. I mean, right? That yeah. was my motto. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And people thought it's funny, and I like to be funny. Like I said, I'm a humor, a challenger, and bored. Um, so I'm literally like, that was kind of funny, right? <laughs> yeah. And then uh, I started like a sandblasting company at that point, right? Um, before the towing. And the motto of that one is, we strip because your daughters don't have to. <laughs> so, yeah. Right? So then, uh, so it's always, and then I started the towing and I, I reached out and like, I couldn't come up with one. My buddy, John Wutsky out of uh, Great Falls, he, he came up with it. I'm like, oh yeah, that's funny. So I'm like, I did a giveaway for it. We come up with the oh, next motto. We did um, one with the glass too, didn't we? Yeah. Oh uh, God, what what is it? Best piece of glass in town. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, like I said, I've always got to be humored. And yeah. Throw some humor. Um, yeah, we don't want an arm or leg. We want a toe. And I've had people like, took me two years to understand what the, I didn't get it. I'm like, really? <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, but I think the motto is like, I mean... You know, gets humor involved. You know, you're gonna Touch remember people. that. Yeah, you remember yeah, you're standing in something thing. like you like you're promoting, doing something different. Like, yeah. humor is a good piece, right? Hell yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What got you into towing? Was it just um, that you were doing collision? So I think that like towing, uh, you're always like in business. What can help each other out? And uh, like being on rotation, we're getting the click like crash repair, right? Um, so definitely uh, getting into towing, um, not a lot, like you're not super profitable, but it helps feed each other. We can help feed each other, right? Like um, ultimately they're bringing in crash work, but on the flip side, they can come out here and tow a car into the shop. So it's just passive income through companies that help grow each other. Hell yeah. Is really, I mean. I figured it was just cause like dragging them busted ass vehicles straight into the shop. Yeah. No hell no, like they, there's 12 tow companies in town. Oh, there's a lot nice. of competition. Um, now I think state law though they have to be put on. Yeah, it's on rotation. Yeah. So you're you're guaranteed call. Yeah, like and customers can re, uh, request right. So yeah. and through marketing that we get a lot of requests for the shop and ultimately they want them to come to the shop. So generically they're growing each other. Both companies are growing together, right? So I mean now, that's truly. Did you buy two towing companies? I did, yeah. You started one. Started yeah, one? Started and one and I bought one, so yeah, yeah. That's badass. Um, and ultimately, like that location, it was nice to get a lot of the uh, the cars out here because I couldn't find Walt for days because he's digging through what he could find. <laughs> like, yeah, I found 50 cents and a worn out drill. Can I have these? 
and yeah. At one point, I think I might have found you might have found some things that we shouldn't talk about. Ooh, things we shouldn't talk about. They're trying to resell them to my friend Captain Kirk. Was that you? Oh yeah, that was. Yeah, me. that. Oh, Dave, 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 yeah, Dave. Yeah, you and Dave. Was yeah. Pretty quick, didn't he? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, he was. At one point, he was a very it's bad man. Similar to a light bulb, you know, with burn marks on one end and. Guys, what's this? Because I've never been around any of that kind of stuff before. Well, he had no problem making a profit on it. <laughs> <laughs> he, he resold some shit. Well, somebody seems interested in this. Easy money. But, but he needed some outside influence, my friend Captain Kirk, on what it was worth, and they just took it and like, go tell your boss. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Slipped right you guys probably didn't know that about your friend Walt. Yeah. <laughs> Funny. Yeah, it was funny. Speaking of that, there's one out here. Do you mind if I look through that? <laughs> you never know what you're going to find. Yeah, that's a big thing with towing. Like, oh. everyone likes to hoard things out. I'm like, we don't need another bottle jack in the shop. You understand that? <laughs> Dear Lord, get it going. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's kind of how I acquired my first car was from a towing company that did blew its motor up, but it turned out they were drug dealers that owned the car. And when I bought it, the police had to come and investigate it. Finish it yeah, finish their investigation yeah. on the car and ended up finding a whole bunch of secret compartments. It was like, damn, I wish I had checked <laughs> Yeah. They don't make his profit on right? Yeah, seriously. You might have made a dollar on the thing before I even drove it. <laughs> we towed in a camper. This is an old camper. Just full of stuff. I was yeah. out back here for a while. Yeah. Finally. First two years of his marriage, that's how he had plates and, you know. <laughs> tools. Yeah. Tools, tools, plates, and skateboard. A generator, skateboard. <laughs> Yeah, no doubt. I can only imagine. Perks to the job, man. Is that where I got my trash? Walt's very resourceful. (laughs) So like I can tell, I got more production out of this place moving the tow company. (laughs) I got more production. Definitely. I can see it. That's fucking hilarious. Oh, man. What was I thinking about? You got any questions? Walt knows what to ask to get all the good stuff. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know what to ask to get the, the dirty beast out of this. Yeah, see, uh, we, we've done a lot of fun, uh, funny things through here at the yeah, shop. We yeah, keep I'm an HR nightmare. <laughs> yeah, we keep trying yeah. to get uh, Walt yeah. to tell us some of the pranks and shit. But he's I mean, like, should oh. we tell one on Grady? Yeah. Um, it's always a yell on here. So the problem with my shop, like I, I'm like a practical <laughs> joker. I like to have a lot of fun, right? Um, Problem is, I'm now on the driver's seat, so I get to cut the checks when things go bad. Yeah. You know, but then then I look like a hypocrite when I sell no. <laughs> right? <laughs> so, my, I remember my little Grady, my little nephew Grady, he did something to me. I'm like, all right, I'll get you back. Um, <laughs> so, bright cleaner has a high flash point, right? Yeah. yeah. Like, you, you spray it on yourself, light it on fire, and just pat it out. So, uh, one of my other employees, Jeremy, was here, and I told him what I was about to do, so be my wingman. So, I went up to him, I just yelled at him, he just looked straight in my face, and I doused his entire crotch down with brake cleaner, <laughs> and Jeremy lit him on fire, and he beat his dick to death. <laughs> and, and literally, and he was scared, I'm like, hey, I'm getting punched right now, because he's so scared, he was screaming, help me, help me. And everyone just dying laughing as he's pounding his dick to death, uh, trying to get the fire out. 
And it, I mean, it was funny. Oh my! The problem is the next week everyone's lighting each other on fire. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, yeah. Like that was going through the shop. I'm like, no more. Or like, we gotta like stop. I had to break. Yeah, I had to break. Yeah, yeah, like, break. No more. Like we're not a mechanic shop. I don't even know if we need this in here. Yeah. But it it was funny. It was funny. And you could have done it 20 more times to be that perfect. I promise you. Like it was yeah. like it was epic. Yeah. The scared look in his eye. I still see it every day when I go to bed. <laughs> You've hired a couple of your nephews. Yeah. And they oh, got similar personalities to this Yeah. I mean, I mean, they grew up with me. I like, I mean, play hard, work hard, let's have fun. And I mean, that's a thing like a, uh, I think that corporate America can't emulate is culture. They're right. Oh, totally. So, um, well, like, what does culture mean? Uh, you know, I'm like those managers, you walk into them, like the soul sucked out of them. Um, there's no owner present. So that piece, like, I really try and protect that above. I mean, you can't have happy customers without happy employees. I truly believe that. So making sure that you guys, you know, know that you love them, you care about them, you do anything for them. And uh, the, the customers see that. It's real. Like, you can't, that's something you can't fake. Yeah, you can't fake that. You can't replicate that. And it happens naturally. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 We're always having fun back here, messing. Yeah. Messing well, you you literally them. just sit in the back and just well, yeah. take it all in and like <laughs> giggle and like giggle and all. I don't know how you get any work. I don't join in the whole. Yeah. Gig, every now and then I'm well, probably pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like every every new employee, we play funnel nuts. <laughs> What's funnel nuts? So, I mean, we should actually you try it. With we should go. Yeah. No, no, There's I money on the line. I don't know if I can tell you without showing oh, you. Oh, man. It's no. something we just need to show. Okay. <laughs> Maybe off air. Yeah, I mean, okay, I mean I we can go to break right yes. now. The next podcast, I want you guys talking about funnel nuts. <laughs> we'll we'll about funnel nuts. We got it. We got yeah, it. Yeah, so I don't want to ruin it, but yeah. Um, <laughs> just having fun playing with the guys. I'm like, literally, like, um, the thing I learned, um, I mean, it was stressing. I'm like, I, I wasn't put on this planet to like run a business. I had to grow into it. And I run with numbers take the emotions out of things, right? So if your business is healthy and you know the numbers and everything's going good and your guys are playing, why ruin it? Totally. Right? Like, well, like, so I can remember like being in the office and I'm not an office guy. I don't, I'm like, <laughs> I, grew, I build things with my hands, right? So I had to learn the office, but I still wanted to work. Like, I like work and I like building things. So I remember one day just being stressed out in the office for a couple of weeks, came in the back, and uh, I was with McGrady and James. <laughs> we're just playing. In my mind, it was fucking off, right? That's where, that's where my mind went fucking off, right? And so I went in the office, and like, what are we selling today? And we're ahead of schedule, and like, but then if I would have yelled and screamed out, it would have discredited everything that I talk about. I'm like, we're on point. Everything's going good. Just shut up, Ted. Just, you know, they're doing everything I want them to do. That's awesome. Yeah, so. But creating a great atmosphere, like you said, if you keep your employees happy and having fun and wanting to come to work, I mean, you get more work out of them. Yeah, sometimes. I'm like, there's no doubt. I'm like, um, I mean, I've read a lot. Um, like happy, uh, happy employees will produce eighty percent more. Oh, 
So what what was it to create to be happy? I mean, I don't, I don't know. I mean, well, every industry is different. Yeah, like a, the mechanic, and it's like <laughs> you gotta kind of joke around. You gotta be kind of an asshole. Yeah. You know, you gotta do comical shit. <laughs> yeah. No, I think that's part like part of it, right? Like, I mean, we're together with ourselves more than our own families. Oh, 100%. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it, I think that, you know, um, like, like I remember uh, one of my employees, like, you, te- you treat people differently. I'm like, you're absolutely right, I do. Like, being able to understand each person, every, I mean, there's four different personality types, so you got to understand what's driving each person, and you got to treat them differently. Because people hear words differently, they feel affection differently, you know, personalities. Like, you got to understand and really stepping back and understand what's driving that person. You know, so you, like, well, that that's that communication piece, right? Makes sense to me. Yeah. Man. Hell yeah. Uh, where do you, like, I, I've been trying to get into the auto body world just from what my dad taught me growing up building classic cars and he taught me how to paint how do you find guys that are trained or do you train in house like I don't really think there's a school to teach people how to paint um there there definitely I think are like there is schools right like the Montana there's one last school it's in Billings Montana really one last um and there used to be a time there was a lot, right? Um, and I think, I love the youth. I love the youth. Um, I think that there is, but you gotta understand what you're dealing with, like, right? Like the youth, it's teaching them to be an accountable, right? Like, teach them to be an accountable, they wanna be a part of something more than ever. Like the fake world they're living in, oh. it's just, it's a fake world, right? Mm-hmm. But they can't handle conflict. Right, I'm mean, like, I mean, that's just what you're dealing with, right? Like, oh, yeah. I get some senior texts, like, what, why are you dealing with this? I'm like, well, I want to yell and scream, but because that's how I was taught. I'm gonna talk family yelling and screamers, but it don't work. That communication doesn't work. My old guys in my shop, or when I grew up, would yell and scream. They wanted to see you fail, but I wanted to succeed more than they wanted to see me fail, right? So you powered through it, but that ain't the case anymore, right? No. Um, and just literally, but they. Um, that's the next generation. Every generation is a little different. Um, I mean, I, I wouldn't. My dad's generation probably looks at me like, "You're a pussy." <laughs> so, right. So I'm not. But it's the that's the workforce. You got to teach them and um, guide them on what's accountable. Like, and truly, like, so you're looking at youth. You can get youth. Um, I probably go through four to get one that I want to pay attention with. Like they they get it. Like. Um, and then just teaching them what's expected and roles and then growing and then growing them don't hold them back willing to put in the work you know like you said find that that kid or a person that wants to put the work in to, yeah. to, to better themselves I think makes a way better employee I, I think it's it's better employee it's better for the facility it's more long term you know senior techs they come with attitudes but yeah right I'm like so that part I struggle with, I'm like, and I'm always, I'm like, I'm, I'm very critical of myself and my shop, because that's how growth is, but I don't, like, shut down to criticism, you know, a lot of senior techs, like, like attitudes and shut down, I'm like, well, you're closed-minded. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, at that point, you're just closed-minded. <laughs> like, I've, I literally can tell you, I've learned something about everyone I've ever worked around. Uh-huh. Something's always got you to teach. Youth, 
you know, I had one of my technicians like, I don't want to teach these kids everything I know. And I'm like, well, why? Well, then what will I have to give them? Like, I want you to teach them everything you know and have them start teaching you something. That's when you know you won. Yeah. Yeah, I'm like, that's when you know you won. And that's a good feeling. That's a good, your values never, like, now it's value teaching, right? I mean, so, I mean, that's my take on that. Ah. Okay. The other thought I have on that, of finding your place is, I mean, we got a big group of people now that we got to find a, find a, um, the demeanor that fits in with the rest yeah, of oh, yeah. too. Because I think, oh yeah, personalities, the personality, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Some um, people wouldn't get a well. Uh, and I, I like, I like always saying I got a lot of goofy motherfuckers, but they're my goofy motherfuckers, right? Yeah. And I think historically, <laughs> those people either uh, um, come in and are attracted to it, or they just dis- like they just disappear, right? Yeah. And I'm okay with that. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, this box has the personality that probably. Lead, a lead under me so if they don't understand that I'm okay with it like it's just not a good fit you know it's all relationship based so yeah. I want to find the right people that understand it and grow with it 100% um, I was thinking about like uh, the automotive industry is like it grows so fast that sometimes it's, it's tough to really keep up how do you navigate your shop in keeping up with the latest tools, technology, training to keep your guys, you know, making money or your shop making money and being successful. Staying up to date. Staying yeah. up to date. How do you navigate that that part of um, the So I think uh, you know, I mean the cars have changed as you know in the last just six to seven years. Yeah. The business, even auto collision has changed so much in three years since COVID. Right. Um, really. And then, like, Tell us about it. well, like, I guess cars. I'm like, um, advances in cars, as you guys know. Oh. How yes. fast they're changing. Well, they drive themselves. Right. Um, I'm like, I mean, um, the youth, they they gravitate more towards the technology, right? I don't. Like, I got to work through it. I'm like, right. So I struggle with that. I'm like, you, you can, you, t- I'll tune your carburetor. Can you freaking recode this or whatever, right? Um, but I can tell you in life, change is inevitable, gross optional. So in business, you better either be ready to grow or either you're growing or shrinking. It's that simple. So you better be open-minded enough to know that you better be getting ahead of things, right? The EVs, you know me. I mean, I was tuning a pro model earlier tonight. Not because I like EVs, but EVs are coming. Whether they're going to be around, I damn sure better figure out how to fix them, right? Right. Oh, yeah, so, they're going to be here, whether we like them. Yeah, so I think that um, knowledge is knowledge is power, knowledge is key, um, and even for me, like I'm involved in the uh, president of the Toe Association, I'm on the board of MCRA, Montana Collision, um, and I've also got a 20 group, which is a national group that I go meet with four, four times a year, and wow. it's based on where the industry is going. So I can leverage my shop, my people, and protect what I can do to grow them and pay them well. Now, do you send any of your guys to get yearly update training? Um, so like ICAR, like you have ASC well, certification. Well, you have ASC, and then yeah. like if you're in a dealership, you have factory training, you have factory yeah. updates, and that kind of stuff. But I was curious if that translated into auto body. Oh yeah, like ICAR is like the ASC. 
the big thing you're seeing with auto collision um, is partnership with uh, OEs. Like here, we've got uh, Ford certified, Chrysler certified, Hyona certified, Tesla certified, Subaru certified, Honda certified, and Ford Lincoln and Nissan, right? Um, so what, what you're seeing, um, so I can tell you a stat, I'm like, I went to a meeting like probably six years ago, um, insurance companies, they base everything on numbers. That, that's, that's the only way they make money is numbers, right? And so a repair that took over 11, 11 days based on quality or not quality, uh, customers are dissatisfied with the repair, right? Over those 11, uh, 80% over the 11 day repair, they changed brands. They sold the car, changed brands. And with that even being said, 70% change insurance companies. Wow. Right? So it's crazy. So um, I think the thought of like auto collision was I got in a wreck, I need to sell the car. It's been in a wreck. Yeah. Like right. That's just the stigma, right? Yeah. So OEs wanted to partner with body shops to make sure those cars were getting fixed back to OE specs, right? But now we got an insurance carrier that doesn't want to pay for anything to get back to OE specs. So the fight started. Yeah. Right? So, but what the beauty is, um, so the first thing you do, you get in a wreck, you call the insurance company. Well, the insurance company's going to steer you to their shop of choice, which is the cheapest shop, you know? Yeah. I mean, that's just what it is. Yeah. They call it out. Um, but now, this year, 80% of all cars are hooked to the internet that are produced, right? Yeah. Yep. So the beauty of the internet, it knows when that car is in a wreck, they're steering to the shop that's always certified. Gotcha. Right? So now it's a change in time where they can steer shop or cars to shops that are trained and are doing the right thing. So they can protect their customer and their brand. Exactly. So you're going to see a lot of that changing. That's why I, lo I love being heavily OE certified. I have no DRPs, direct repair networks. I don't work for any insurance company. I work for the customer and the customer only. That's the way to do it. And yeah. I've been doing a little bit on the side and uh, like I said, I've had to work with some insurance companies here recently for some customers and man, it's been a fucking nightmare. Yeah. Like, do they not understand that like just because the fender looks fucked up doesn't mean that there isn't a module that sits oh, right yeah. inside of it and it got crushed. Yeah. Okay, well now it needs an ABS module. Okay, I'm glad you hit the fender, but you hit the wheel too. And it fucking bent the tie rod or something, you know? And it's like, yeah, okay, do you not understand that there are, you need to let me look at it or something, or let a shop look at it that's certified or knows what the fuck they're doing, you know, and say, all right, this is exactly what's fucked up before you go pay, yeah, pay like, out anything, you know? There used to be a day, like the adjusters, they'd go to iCar training with you, right? Mm -hmm. And then turn around and tell you they're not going to pay for it the next day. But at least they went through the training, right? Um, whether you can negotiate it or not. Um, but now, like like I said, since COVID, um, you're seeing the shift with the industry, with the insurance companies. There's no adjusters. I have one out of probably 25 carriers, only one insurance company shows up with an adjuster to actually look at a car. Really? So now it's all, they shifted all the admin on the body shop to take photos, write the estimate, send it in email some insurance companies you can't even get a hold of 
It's all email based. Oh, it's all email. Right? So nobody waiting for that insurance company approval and documenting the repair is like the hardest part. That's my biggest bottleneck. And I don't move on them until I get what my customer needs for their job. Exactly. And and that could take like I had the USAA had one a couple weeks ago, it was three weeks waiting. We had an estimate within um, twenty four hours to a blueprinted estimate and it took three weeks to get an agreed approval. And, but I work for the customer. Like, I mean, I want cars fixed safely, back to pre-accident condition for my customer. So that piece, like, I think that's the biggest piece that you know, I like. In my opinion, moving forward in auto collision, you're either gonna be the best or the cheapest. There's gonna be no in between. <laughs> exactly. I truly believe that. And like, it just, you're not gonna be able to keep up with equipment to try and be in the middle of the road or get people into the door, like it's going to be challenging, right? 100%. 100%. Um, we're going to take a quick break because I got a piss. I think Walter already fucking had to sneak out. So we're going to take a, just a quick break and we'll be right back. All right. We're back from draining our main veins. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> We've had a few beers, so... Gotta take a break every now and again. Uh, we figured we probably should share a couple of customer stories, uh, or just funny stories in general. Yeah. Uh, Ted, you got any good? Funny well, I, I think stories? the one that like, pretending like it's an employee story. I mean, <laughs> those are the. I mean, best. I, I'm like, I don't, I don't know if you know how like Walt likes his thing so much, right? Oh, he's yeah. pretty particular over his things. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. So, oh, yeah. I mean, he makes sure his toolbox was locked up every night and squared away. Mm-hmm. Um, and this was so, back when there was like three of us in the shop. Three, yeah, yeah. three, yeah. Ooh, <laughs> Maybe three and a half. Ooh. I don't even know. Uh, <laughs> Plus a renter in the other yeah. side. Yeah. Uh, so he left for school that night. Me and my buddies over a few beers uh, put his toolbox up on the Menenzie. Oh, right? shit. Yeah. It, made, it seemed easy getting up that night. Walt walked in, couldn't find his toolbox, and I was hiding in the corner. Video him. He was in a panic. He was in a panic. I mean, then he walked around, spotted me, videoed him, he's dying laughing, looked up and seen his toolbox 12 feet high. <laughs> and... Uh, it seemed a little harder to get it down than it did that night putting it up. Uh, I think I worked out of it up there for three days. <laughs> we didn't have the manpower after hours at the body shop. Yeah, that that we did. Brought the ladder yeah. up. Yeah. Our labor force wasn't as big during the day as than it was at night. Yeah. The yeah. Force, it was a lot bigger. Yeah. Oh, that's that a good one. That was a good one. Oh, yeah. my story this week. <laughs> Uh, I came to work on uh, Monday, normal day. One of our techs had a Honda Civic in or whatever. He parks it out under the awning. Come back on Tuesday morning and the wheels are gone off that bitch. It's sitting on tires and we're like, uh, what the fuck, you know? Yeah, what where, happened? Where the where the wheels go? Did, did you spot check the catalog converter? Yeah, yeah. we were thinking the same thing. We go check the cameras, and some a uh, couple of guys show up in a Chevy Cobalt or some 
pile of shit car, you know. Wasn't it an Ultima? No, it was. I'm just, I'm just asking for a friend. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was two cars. It was a Chevy Cobalt or Malibu, and he shows up, realizes he doesn't have all the right tools, <laughs> leaves, <laughs> comes back with his buddy in a Subaru with no bumper. Parks right in front of our camera, you know, backs in so that we could see him real nice. <laughs> Gets out of his car. Him wow. and his, they steal the wheels off the thing. Throw them on the on the roof of their car. <laughs> Buzz out of here. Uh, Where was the hell in the police department at, you suppose? Yeah, probably sleeping. I don't know. Dear Lord. So... <laughs> I'm going to work the following day because everyone, we're all like super curious. Like we want to find this guy, you know, or, or I'm like, God, this Subaru looks very familiar. Like I've seen this car somewhere. I have seen this car somewhere. Where the fuck have I seen this car? I'm on my way to work. Fucking look over at the gas station. Fuck, there it is. <laughs> Call up my boss like I found your fucking suspect. He's <laughs> like, Fuck. hangs up the phone. He calls the sheriff. <laughs> He's over there. <laughs> he misses him. Gets his license plate again. Gets his name. You didn't follow him down. <laughs> I I honestly the traffic was so bad that morning. And I was in the wrong lane to get over in my. I feel like you did. You needed the general lead. I needed the general lead. People Boss Hog could have helped you out. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, t- today, I find out that he was over at Bob's Valley Market and he hadn't been arrested yet. Well, the owner of Bob's Valley Market is really good friends with the owner of Placer, of Eric. Okay, yeah. He calls, he's like, he's here now. <laughs> Come and get him. He's selling shit out of his car. <laughs> oh, fuck. Here we go. You know. Don't let him sell our wheels. <laughs> With the black, with the machine fit, yeah. they look really nice. They're kind of spoke, spooky, you know, and they look nice. That guy literally picked that car out of the whole lineup, like went straight to it. <laughs> Surprisingly, knew they would fit. Yeah, that's what. Yeah. Like they had to have scoped the place out or something. And then uh, one of our techs has some friends that live below the dealership in that subdivision. Uh-huh. They got broken into too, same night. And we're thinking it's the same, gotta be the same guy. Dear Lord. Well, a week prior, one of our technicians had his car parked out under our awning, like 10 feet from our back door. (laughs) You know, the camera right on his car. Someone comes in, pulls in, checks all the doors of the cars. His is an older one, and it, his lock was fucked up, so that door opens. <laughs> Guy gets in his car, pulls the center console apart, or the uh, steering column apart, 
tries to hotwire his car, can't figure out how to do it, and it's the oldest Subaru on the line, so it's, it would have been the easiest one to do. All the new ones, yeah. like, people don't understand. It's almost impossible yeah. to hotwire. You're not just touching two wires. You know, you're not touching yeah. shit together. It's not like on the TV show. No, yeah. they don't know what the fuck they're doing. You know, he busts his dash, all the shit, pulls the fuse block, all the shit, trying to touch all this shit together. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking damn near burn the bitch down. Is what he did. Yeah, uh, still looking for that guy. Oh man. Yeah, I'm trying to think any other funny <laughs> stories around here. Man, I. It's daily, really. Uh, I don't deal with. We've talked customer stories before. I just don't deal with a whole lot of customers. Yeah, some I'm of trying the to repairs, think of funny ones. Yeah, some of the repairs that I I just put a roof on the Ford van, big <laughs> transit van. I can't remember if I told this last week oh, or not. Yeah, but, something about the yeah. four inches of Bondo. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh man, van. there just had to be two or three. Yeah, they work harder doing that than just doing <laughs> that right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. spend more time waiting oh, for it to dry. <laughs> I had a like now we're on the subject. I had a customer. Uh, <laughs> An old Datsun. Oh. I like car. Um, came to me. He's like, I, we can't get a windshield for this thing. Yeah, it doesn't surprise me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, would you clear coat it? See if it makes it right. Makes it better. That's right. At night, I'm like, well, it, it it's not gonna make it better. I don't care. It's gotta be better. I'm like, well, I don't know if it's gonna be better. <laughs> so we clear coated a windshield what? just to humor this guy. Yeah. Guess what? It wasn't better. <laughs> but he's cool with it. Like I'm like, man. I mean, I, like I've asked a lot of things, but never clear coated a windshield before. I don't, I've never even heard of. No, I don't know, of course. I'm like, yeah, man. Yeah, that. So that was kind of an entertaining. <laughs> I've done like, I mean, <laughs> painted toilets. You painted a toilet? Yeah. yeah. Just for. It was a customer, right? Customer wanted you Like, well, I painted one for myself years ago. I figured you'd paint one for the shop, you know? Yeah, yeah, which I do. I have one in the office. Or a mailbox or some shit. But it was, uh, the customer was a Grizz fan. Um, so I painted it Grizz colors, and then, uh, the Bobcats was in the bowl. Right? Bobcats colors. (laughs) And I released, like, I uh, snapped some photos of it, like, Right in before college football season, and I can tell you, like it got shared eighty thousand times. Holy! And I would like go through the feed, and you could just see people beefing with buddies. Oh yeah! And I had orders going through the roof. Like I want, I'm like I, I don't. I'm not paying. No, not not in the toilet painting business. Uh, I mean, it was Hillary Clinton toilet. Solid gold. So I like. But it got shared so much, and it helped in the beginning with some publicity and getting the name out there. I remember even some NAIA stuff, like uh, trademark things coming through or something. Yeah. we got to be careful about yeah. promoting models, you know, you can't yeah. Uh, yeah. sell I mean, those stickers. Yeah, I mean, right? Like, I mean, I'm sure there could be something to that. I'm like, yeah, I got just painting a damn toilet. And, uh, <laughs> I'm just painting a toilet. Yeah, just painting a toilet. But it was, was cool. <laughs> like, everyone's got a rivalry, right? Like, oh, yeah. yeah. I'm, a, I'm like more of a, a, you know, like car guy rivalry. Other than that, I really don't care. Are you not big into sports? Nah, not really. <laughs> no. 
<laughs> no. I was played left out. <laughs> now, yeah. Walter tells me you have, uh, what's it, a demon? Yeah. Now, that thing's got to be a lot of fun. Are you a Dodge guy? Yeah. Uh, oh, I'm, I'm like, I came with a big, like, my whole family. <laughs> say, I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's the rivalry, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, as long as we're all against the EVs, I'm happy. Yeah. How did that start? Yeah. How did you get to be a dog? I think that, like, my, my whole family is a Ford family. Yeah. And then uh, I had to work up and save up for a vehicle, right? Um, and then my first vehicle is a Dodge D50. Didn't have to save as long. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it was, like, fairly inexpensive. And then... Uh, I just love the God fell in love with the Dodge muscle cars, the seventies, oh, the sixties, like right, like the wing car, oh, and they were like huge into drag racing. Um, that's what I got into. Hell yeah! And like, um, just stuck with the brand. Um, yeah, yeah, that Dodge Demon. Uh, and I can tell you, I mean, I probably got ten cars that I built, but like buying a car, I mean, be the first one to go. You know, you cut a check for one, like what? Is there, I mean, no it's neat, no yeah. But you know, building the cars, I mean, I got my very first car that I built. You know, yeah. Which one? Yeah, which one? Uh, 66, well, actually, the 65 Cornette. Ooh. And then the Belvedere, 66 Belvedere. I built after that four-door, lower down. Hell yeah. You know, nitrous on it. Yeah, I've had probably more fun in that car than anything. <laughs> it's got some there's stories. Oh, there's, there's stories, stories for sure. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and all my nephews, they graduated high school, four nephews. I'm like, you can take the, the Belvedere to school, but I'm going to teach you to do a burnout. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because if you fuck this up, I'm going to be pissed. And one of them got arrested. <laughs> <laughs> so you gave them the yeah. cars, which you made. Yeah. <laughs> Mm. That's like an achievement. <laughs> it was. I'm like, that's my only thing. Like, you're gonna do it, do it right, uh-huh. do it well. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I think Paul got me into doing a burnout, leaving college one day. He's so, like, nobody did it, so you need to can do one. I'm like, yeah. oh, well, I guess I've already graduated at this point. They can't take it away. Yeah, so. There are some guys out there lifting the front end on this man trying to get into a burnout. Yeah, trying to like, force yeah. a burnout. I'm like. Alright, fuck it. I gotta show him how to do a burnout. <laughs> Light my Duramax up. Damn, you blew the rear end up. <laughs> so, so, Paul, what, what what flavor are you? I'm guessing Ford. I grew up Chevy. Chevy? So Ford and Chevy. Ford and Chevy. Yeah, my grandparents had a Chevy dealership up in Browning for years, so... So it's family legacy. Basically, what I'm hearing is you like Bud Light right now. <laughs> he does like Bud Light. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, hey, we were yeah. So Sam called it. Yeah, he does like Bud Light. Time for that Bud Light life. I'm Bud heavy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Bud heavy. He likes the trans fluid. Yeah. Oh my God, uh, I'm a Chevy guy too. But uh, since owning my own business, I I've purchased. Uh, an F100. If Subaru made a truck, you'd probably be a Subaru guy. Well, I really wanted to pimp <laughs> out did. a brat. Yeah. Like, I really wanted to pimp out a brat. My buddy in high school had a brat. Like, we, like that was the shit. <laughs> they were fun. Pimp. Yeah, they were cool. <laughs> I'm like, they were fun. Like, I feel like if I have one, you gotta, like, paint it the, uh, the American flag. Like, my name is Earl. You know, just the... Icon. Oh, I'm like, my buddy had one. We had a three-wheeler in the back all times. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not shitting you. No, 
was that was the generation, right? Oh yeah. man. Yeah. Go to parties, kegs, and oh, come in with the Subaru Brat Hawk, and then unload the three wheeler, and like ten kids would just murder themselves. And I'm like, oh god, those yeah. Uh, Lincoln has a posse of them. They call themselves Retro Circus. The three wheelers. Yeah, three wheelers. They're all on three wheelers. They call yeah. themselves Retro Circus. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. They just go out in the mountains. Yeah. They just go out in the mountains and get these things stuck as shit. <laughs> Do these ghetto wheelies. It's funny. That's funny. Oh. Yeah. That's. It's, <laughs> I love They're having fun. Oh, right. Yeah. Drinking beer, you're cruising back roads. Yeah. There's not a lot to do in the weekend, so <laughs> you, you better learn to love cruising. Yeah, oh, yeah. Being outside. <laughs> or just being outside and drinking beer, because there's not a lot to do. There's nowhere to go. Well, I think Lincoln, don't they say you don't lose your girlfriend, you lose your turn? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think I've heard that. Yeah. 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 It's either drinking Lincoln or, or that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the only high school that ever consistently was getting busted for alcohol possession <laughs> and the whole team we had an entire team one year I was not on that team but oh that's a disclosure right there yeah, just yeah. Like, I was mom not, dad wasn't on that team wasn't on that yeah. team but wait, that whole wait, team wait. got busted and they literally like had to plead their case so that we could actually play a game because there wasn't enough kids in the school to like what sport were you playing uh, football. Football. And basketball. Well, I didn't play basketball, eight, but the same team, eight, the same eight man football. <laughs> it was yeah. eight man at the yeah. time. Um, and now it's six man. Uh, no. So that's a beauty playing left out. It didn't matter if you get, yeah. you know. Yeah. Yeah. Are you caught or not? Yeah, I guess what? I'm not playing again. <laughs> what? <laughs> They sold you out? Is that oh, what it? Uh, one of the, uh, we got sold out by one of the, the, the parties that got held. One of the parents <laughs> sold us out. And since then, we like, all right, we know where not to go and where to go and who's not going to sell us out. But come my time, we were the most successful football team to ever come through Lincoln. So... Once you get the town on your side, yeah. you could walk into any fucking bar in, in this yeah. world. It doesn't yeah. matter. You could be the star athlete. They're like, fucking have another one, bro. It's like a like a varsity blues, man. Oh, Shit, these boys having the time of their lives. Yeah, 100%, man. Yeah. yeah. They're pressing their wangers on the glass of the Alana Club. <laughs> we used to drag race right through the center of fucking town and... <laughs> right through the fucking center of town. We'd wait till fucking midnight, 2 a.m. We were just fucking shit out. We'd go out in our fucking pickups, Fucking just drag race right through the center of motherfucking town. You know what? We always said we wouldn't do it through the center of town if you opened up the airstrip again. Then we'd do it on the airstrip. Yeah. Because nobody flies in the fucking Lincoln, so... <laughs> that's our drag strip, man. Do this, yeah. I get it. Uh, it was a fun time. Uh, <laughs> no, uh, I grew up Chevy just because that's all my dad had. But I don't hate you for that. I get it. <laughs> the Chevette. Poor family. <laughs> <laughs> Poor family. Yeah. No. 
easy yeah. to work on. Yeah. <laughs> Cheap to fix. Uh, no. <laughs> You're killing me over this. You gotta take a shot when you can. Yeah. Oh, hell I yeah. mean, a bug dad taught me that early on. Oh, yeah. And he was like, No, what really got me into it was uh, building my dad. I picked up a 69 Chevelle, and that car really just sparked it yeah. me, man. I thought that car was just a Like, I love, I, I love muscle cars, right? I respect oh, them all. Oh, man. You kind like, of I truly to. do. I kind of have to. You know? And that's the thing, like, uh, the, th- uh, like, generation, like, we just fixed a, a 1928 Model A. Holy shit. I got yeah. A, I have a 32. Yeah, and it was a cool project, like, nothing that I would aspire to, like, build, but it was actually the school bus in Harrison, Montana. Really? It was a school bus. Oh, cool. Yeah. Holy shit, it has It's been in the family yeah. since day one, like, three generations. Yeah. Um, so we restored this thing, got it back, and, like, it's grown on me. But the history behind it is what's really cool. Yeah. Right? So, you find those cars, like, it's really about what, um, the history or sentimental... Yeah. Well, there's always something driving why they want it. And that's a cool piece to me. Yeah. And like, you know, it's the story behind, yeah, my dad had one. I grew up in one. Uh, I get divorced in one. <laughs> <laughs> so, the story behind ours is, uh, it was my dad's best friend car in high school. <laughs> Walt's on his fifth. Uh, I'm going to have to make another pee break here soon. Yeah, I'll just sneak out again. <laughs> uh, it was my dad's high school buddy's car, and they used to drive around it all the time, and it was red with a white top, and he loved it. Well, him and his buddy hit a, hit a deer doing a buck fifty in that car and just totaled the front end of it. And it was sat in his... His dad had a farm, and it sat out in his farm for years, probably a decade or better, you know. And my dad finally owned his own business, and he used to go up there hunting all the time up on their ranch. And he finally just showed up one time to go hunting and packed a little extra cash in his pocket and went in and set 500 bucks on the on the kitchen table and was like, I'm hauling that car home because you're never gonna fucking do anything with it. And yeah. I can't. I can't watch it rot away any longer. So. Fuck it. Cheers yeah. now. You know. So it had a sentimental value to my dad, and then I spent my whole childhood <clears throat> building it with yeah. him. So it was even more sentimental to me yeah. too. You know. So. Well, garage time is the best, right? Oh my! Yeah, hundred percent. My dad was a hard ass when it came to sports, so the only time I really got anything out of him for like one on one that wasn't like get this done right was like fixing cars or building motors or anything in the shop, you know, it was super supportive in that aspect. But when it came to sports it was like you gotta be the best or yeah. don't fucking do it. Yeah. If you ain't first or last. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Ted, you got a cool story kind of like that, uh, similar to your, like your dad's the Spitfire, or what's that? What yeah, it was, it's a fair lady, Dotson fair lady. Yeah. yeah. 
Wow, um, that's, that's not a car you hear a lot of. No, like it, it was the predecessor to the Z car, really. Right. Um, oh. So, like, uh, my pops, like, family-owned lumberyard, Casey Lumber. Um, so, I mean, I, I got more to the story as I grew on, right? But... we got time. So, my dad's dad came to him and was like, hey, do you got 800 bucks? He's like, yeah. But secretly he didn't because he loaned his mom $100 for wigs at the time. Oh. Yeah. Apparently wigs were popular back then. Uh, got that weave, baby. Yeah. So, there's like, I'm like, I'm trying to sell out my mom, but I'm like, I got this money. So he had a four-year-old, um, 1968, it was a four-year-old car, convertible, Datsun. So can you imagine going to school, 1968, Ooh. you're a senior with a four-year-old car? Yeah. Ooh, I mean, rolling. Pretty, yeah. He's pimping for sure. Papa uh, <laughs> Harry, just pimping. Yeah, yeah. Mustache. Oh, no. Yeah. Yeah, dick duster for sure. Uh, I'm like, he was definitely, like, so he bought the car, and then him and a buddy took it to Alaska. Oh, shit. Yeah, I'm like, like, there's no doubt, like, a four-year-old car. That's a little car. It's a little car. It's like an MG size, right? Yeah. Or Triumph Trident. Um, Mm -hmm. Drove it to Alaska. Story, like, um, they rebuilt, they, they broke down. (laughs) <laughs> and rebuilt the carburetors on a uh, uh, picnic table. <laughs> like they flew parts in to where they were at to rebuild the carburetors. There's four carbs on it too. Uh-huh. Right? Like four uh, carburetors. Four carbs. Like it was a it was 110 horsepower out of a four cylinder. That's which a lot. VW was like 40, right? Yeah. So four well, horsepower, yeah. Right, it's 40. So it's a pretty cool car. Um, so long story short, he. Can, Went to Alaska, came back, um, went to Vietnam. His sister took it, blew the car up. Shocker. Yeah. Same kind of scenario. Like he literally is not a possession guy at all. Like doesn't like he loves animals. Uh, growing up on the farm, he's had this car my entire life. Like he never let go of it. Like that's the emotional piece, right? Yeah. So like five years ago, six years ago, he gave it to me. And it's a literally a convertible with a blown-up block that sat outside it's my entire life. When I was a little kid, I broke every piece of glass in it because that's what little kids do. Yeah. Yep. So there's literally, you know, like, I'd like you to restore this someday. You can have it. I'm like, I'm just a numbers guy. I'm like, this is going to be $50,000. Yeah. You can't give me parts for this thing. Yeah. Sat so. the dog kennel. Everything yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah. I had dogs played in it. Uh. So I was like telling my cousin coming home from the sand dunes one day about this car. I'm like, I'd love to restore it for him, but I'm like, it's so far gone. And then Monday, my cousin uh, sent me a link to this one. It's in Missoula, Montana. 1968 Dotson Fairlady. I'm like, no way. What? Yeah. What, what did you say? Way. Yeah. <laughs> this seems too good to be true. So I called the guy. Um, he's an ex-doctor. And he restored this car as a he means a doctor restored this car, and it was documented the lowest mile Dotson Fair Lady in the Dotson world ever known, like sixteen thousand miles. It was sold Holy out. Holy shit! Yeah, sold out of Great Falls to a family in uh, Missoula. Um, 
So I just went and bought the car, <laughs> right? This is cheaper than restoring it. Yeah. Right? Uh, so I, I'm like, I brought a truck and trailer over with my nephews. I'm like, this thing, this thing is so perfect, I'm driving it home. So right about bottom, the lights are flashing with my truck and trailer behind it. I'm like, what's up? I want to ride with you. One of my nephews like, that looks too fun. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm like, well, now you trust it, right? Uh, uh, yeah. Which I didn't trust it going in there either, so I can't judge him for it. Uh, so I called my mom and dad coming home. I'm um, like, hey, you need to meet me at the shop. It's really important, right? Uh, so come to the shop, back it in. They're coming in hot because they think I'm getting arrested or something. <laughs> Priors, right? Like, what do I need to build? <laughs> coming in hot oh, yeah. uh, oh, yeah. and I turned around I threw my dad the keys he's like is that my car and just started crying yeah yeah oh, man. and that's the emotional piece I'm talking right. about mom and dad like the stories and the whole family's here and I'm like is that my car I'm like no but it's the best I can do <laughs> <laughs> and they like literally like we can't fit in that car anymore <laughs> that's so right cool. yeah. yeah it's cool and they, oh, they like man. I mean my dad has not taken a care of a vehicle in my entire life, so he's got a car cover, he's got a duster, you know, I mean, it's just funny, it's right? It's baby. It is. Awesome. So it's cool, like, um, and I tell you too, my little nephew, Grady, uh, no, Michael, he's like, isn't it nice to be to the age where he could do that? I'm like, well, you know, like, pay attention, just because I can do this. Mom and dad still like you going out there and taking care of a few things. Not about what you can do or for, I should say. Right. It's the little things that matter. So pay attention. That's never forgotten. Yeah. Exactly. Just because I can do this today, I'm like, I still put my best foot forward. Not about buying the car. You know, you know what I mean? Pay attention to what's really going on. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, we have a car in our family that's a, it's a 56 Mercury Custom. And my... My great-grandma bought it brand new in 1956, and she used it like a pickup truck. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, she had a, a, she had a ranch, and she, <laughs> she raised sheep, and uh, it was a wool farm. So, and she had a sign on the back, if it uh, said, if it's genuine, it's made with wool. <laughs> it's signs, the yeah. plate's still on it today. I'll never take it off. It is. Yeah. It's. It means a lot to the family, you know. Mm. But my dad got it as his high school car. That was his first vehicle. And he you said a '56. Yeah, '56. '56 Merc. Yeah, it's a boat. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. it was uh, the first Mercury to get a V8 oh. of that era. Of, of, of it was the first V8 to be produced in that car. And it, not that it makes any power. It was the shit back in the Was it flathead? No, no, it's not flat. It's a it's an original V8 standard. Uh, uh, Gosh, I'm gonna two barrel car. Yeah, it's super simple engine, oil bath. Nothing's been changed. It's the original engine trans. Uh, it has been passed down to the family. My, it was actually supposed to go to my dad's sister and she said oh that car's ugly because it's bright orange yeah yeah orange the black top. top yeah the black top yeah i love it it's bright. <laughs> did it become a factory that color it did really it did 
Um, like the salmon orange. Yeah, it's like a salmon yeah, orange. It's, it's a weird it's orange. Weird. Yeah. yeah. It's bright. It's so bright. You can't miss it. There's so much chrome on those old cars. Yeah. When you polish it up, even if it has little tiny dents or whatever, mm-hmm. it fucking pops. And I won't yeah, no. I won't fix any of the little shit. It it's all history. Like my great grandma was out in the fucking farm, fucking rotting, putting sheep in the back of this fucking <laughs> yeah. thing, you know? And it looks great. You know, you get in it, and the only thing that's fucked up is the headliner, because it had a leak in the in the rubber seal that holds mm. the windshields down. Yeah. Got into the headliner, and you know I, I think that's cool. That's, like, a lot of the, what's getting popular now is, like, uh, the patina, right? The patina. Yeah, like, like why try and make them look... Spending thousands of dollars making them look new. Like you said, fifty yeah. grand easy, mm-hmm. you know. Like that's the resto mods or any of that. Like that's the new age. Is like that's huge. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah, it's popular, and I think it makes sense. Make them mechanically sound, drive them, yeah. enjoy them. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I was yeah, when I was doing restorations, it was like, God, just yeah, make it look decent and drive it. You know, have fun with it. Don't yeah, just I mean. Work it. Yeah, way down. Yeah, like how much, like too many people watch the TV programs, yeah. get wound up. Yeah. But I mean, like, at the end of the day, you gotta enjoy it. Yeah. If you're just doing it for a garage queen, what's the point? Something, yeah. 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 We're trying to, you know, Joe, so and so's got it. Mm -hmm. I I need one in my garage. Keeping up with Yeah. Yeah. That's not cool to me. Our Chevelle, when we finally finished restoring it and putting it back together, which took almost 12 years to, to put together and there was a lot of pieces they didn't sell and there was you had to find either aftermarket if they you could find it or you're searching internet for a factory original it took a long time to put the car together and that car was not together a year and my dad <laughs> put a fucking dent in it and ever since that day he's like fuck it drive the wheels off this bitch <laughs> like <laughs> Fucks now. Once you get that first scratch or dent, fuck yeah. We roughed it out the best. We're not gonna pull the dent out of it. I'm just gonna fucking leave it in there at this point. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna, I'm, I brought it down here. Uh, yeah, I we remember were, it. We, we yeah. were gonna have an insurance claim on it. My dad filed the insurance claim, got the money, and was like, Was that because of that dent? Yep. Oh, really? In the rear, in that left yeah. rear corner. Yeah. Uh, one of his track kids backed into it. Oh, that's right. Yeah. He was in a, a track dinner and mm-hmm. kid backed into it, and he felt. I feel so, like he felt so bad to call me and tell me he couldn't even like, because I had spent my whole childhood building a fucking. Yeah. It meant more to me. <laughs> and he's like, ah. it felt like he was calling his dad on this, you know, like, telling the bad news. He's come back around. For I, the I feel like he pocketed the money and used it on technology. <laughs> Raising you, possibly. Yeah, well, no. I was already out. Yeah. I, was, yeah, know, I need some counseling now. Yeah, yeah. He, he was, the kids yeah. are raised. I need fucking little mental massage. Yeah. Yeah. Tokyo massage. So I want to ask a question, uh, John. Dream ride. What would you, what would it be? Dream ride. Uh, I got a couple, but uh, we talked about this last time. I've always wanted a Bel Air. And like a Plymouth Roadrunner, just because the they're so iconic, and maybe not the Bel Air is, is kind of more widely seen now, but 
I've always loved the the Plymouth Roadrunner or the Super B. Yeah. That iconic wing, you know, and you got to do it in that blue that you oh, always saw, that yeah. Daytona blue. Yeah, yeah. Petty blue. Petty the barn burner. The barn burner, baby. Yeah. I fucking always wanted one. That's my pro mod. Oh. Richard Petty, oh. barn burner, oh. super bird. Dude, I, that's a dream car for me. Um, well, and an Impala, and I just picked one up, so I, I, I have a 64. So we're on to four, four cars right now. <laughs> Dude, I, will, I, I, don't, I can't have this dream dream car. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can't have one, I gotta have ten. Yeah, I need a stable. Paul, how about you? 67 Chevy Camaro. Camaro? RSSS. Yeah. Michael's got it, he just doesn't know it's mine yet. Yeah. James Volk dad had one. Really? Yeah. Badass. Yep. Uh, yep. So like when we had the kids. Uh-huh. Yep. I like that the RSSS had the hideaway headlights. Yep. That yeah. was fucking sweet. Yeah, they're cool cars. Yeah. I actually, like, I wanted to buy my very first car, right? I to- well, I told you it was D50. Prior to that, it was the 68 um, Camaro. Yeah. And it was all jacked up, like it was getting good gas mileage. Everywhere. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Mom and dad, because it was three grand instead of a thousand bucks. Right. I would co-sign. <laughs> Otherwise, I'd probably be gay and be a Chevy guy. <laughs> so, I, I mean, like, thank thank you, Mom, Dad. Yeah. Yeah. yeah We'd be drinking Bud Lights right now. My family keeps running up a bill in your shop because they keep backing a damn horse trailer into the car. Well, that's nice. I appreciate that. <laughs> I know. Don't buy them a backup camera for Christmas, please. Yeah. <laughs> I'll fund it. <laughs> Dream car. Um, what are you doing? Classic cars. The the the. Oh, I told you guys last week. Now I can't remember the year. Is it like this? This is six beers, Walt. <laughs> yeah. I know. Uh, it's the Corvette, the big long front end and the big big front wheel. Oh, oh the Stingray. Yeah, Corvette. Yeah, like the what year? Threes? No, not the, no. like the seventies. Seventy. No. The original Stingray. Let's see if Google helps me out again this year. I think it's late 60s. He's pretty passionate about this car. He's got to check into Google. Yeah. Honestly, I Google, what car is my favorite? (laughs) Wall Siri. Nearly got a free Corvette one time. Oh, yeah. Really? We were at school sitting on Craigslist, and there's an ad that said, uh, Free Corvette. Free Corvette. He said, my husband ran off with some tramp. You won't be needing this car anymore. Like a suit. Well, I'm glad it wasn't like free Corvette. I'll touch your nose. <laughs> <laughs> but it's still way worth it. <laughs> yeah, uh, well, I have no shame either. Yeah, yeah. like a '68, '68 Corvette. Yeah, something like that. Or one of the newer ones. <laughs> yeah. Like, so we did the '67 in the shop. That was '67. And the '63 was the split window. We oh, '63 was. That's the black okay. Just finished. Yeah. Or since John did four cars. <laughs> um, the 55 Bel Air. Yeah. Well, you have one in the have one. Yeah. So there's a chance for that one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just gonna get some time. It's on. It's on the to do list. Right. Yeah. yeah. I wish it was on the honey do list. It might get. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> but yeah. How about you, Ted? Um. So I've had a lot of cars, but I think that I'd like at some point I'd really like a wing car yeah. to finish out the collection. What year is that wing car? Oh, 
68, 67, 68, 69. Super B. Uh, Super Bird or Daytona. Oh, okay. So they're the ones really built for NASCAR. Yeah. Right? The big front nose. Uh, mm-hmm. The, I, I mean, but... They built a longer nose cone on those or something. Yeah, they're all built for NASCAR. Yeah. When yeah. That was like in the beginning when they figured out the wind tunnel. Aerodynamics. Yeah. yeah. The Richard Petty, the yeah. boy he's talking about, right? Like... Definitely a wing car. Uh, Why did they put the wing on there so tall? Um, it was all inert. Like they figured out the inertia coming down. Yeah. Like just put the load the rear end. Uh-huh. But I've also been told the <laughs> deck lid is so big, <laughs> like you couldn't open the trunk. Yeah. Without the wing, so I'm like I'm not really sure. I've they heard a lot of different things. I've heard the second one too. They had that. Yeah open the deck lid they had to sell so many to be able to run yeah NASCAR. Oh, like i think yeah. they had to sell like 300 well the first year they came out with it yeah yeah richard petty was an average of thir- 18 miles an hour ahead of the competition mm-hmm. well that's a lot that's right huge. yes that was huge they weren't first second third next year you got to make x amount for production models and i've heard stories like it's all off the interweb <laughs> but uh like like the guys in the plant we're running them around the corner and coming back into production line for NASCAR to check them off. Yeah. So there's really, I don't believe a real number that they know of. But I mean, you're talking minimum for a 440 car, three to four hundred thousand dollars. A Hemi car. Yeah. Like they're a million plus. There was a. So I never owned one. Story of Talladega when they opened that. That was pretty crazy they brought they all the drivers the you know the um what now would be the i always want to say the winston cup but it's not the winston cup but anyway it would have been the winston cup drivers you know the top drivers at the time they look at talladega and they're burning up tires in just a matter of laps like this track is not safe so they had kind of a strike well to keep three of the headline drivers driving they brought out these cars and like yeah you can drive them there's three of them well they brought what would have been the bush cup at the time you know the lesser guys yeah. they're not running as much horsepower huh. um and they're like well obviously these three wing cars are going to run away with it there was one some guy in a camaro took third somehow beat out one of the wing <laughs> cars on it <laughs> yeah what happened there and, that, and that's cool like back in those days like they were truly engineering things in garages my favorite. Oh, you know what I mean? It's all trial and error, too. Yeah. My favorite yeah. guy from that kind of era was Smokey Eunuch. Yeah. Legend was yeah. he oh, built yeah. a three-quarter scale, or what was it, seven-eight oh, scale yeah. Chevelle. Yeah. It, you know, made the whole car smaller. Yeah, shrank it all. Nasty. You know the man hours it took to do oh, what yeah. he was doing. Oh. Well, well, the legend, and you know, you never know if this is true, but the legend <laughs> goes that NASCAR's looking at this car and they're like, something's not right. Well, let's go out in the parking lot and look at another, and... The story was he built two and parked the other one out front. So when they went out to look at another really? car, they were like, oh, yeah, there's a Chevelle. Take the measurements. And, oh, yeah, he's good. It's the same, you know? Yeah. Oh, and that, man. you ain't cheating. You ain't winning. Yeah. <laughs> you ain't first or last. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's man. funny shit. Sure. Talking about going fast. What are you building now, Ted? Uh, I'm, 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 built, I'm working on a pro mod. Yeah. To race or for somebody else? No, no. It's for myself, like a drag car. Yeah. Um, it's got a Brad Anderson Hemi in it. Right. 1971. Uh, no, supercharger, right? Uh, roots Pro- blower. Uh, Procharger or supercharger? Supercharger. Supercharger. Yep. 
Um, so it's a blower, 1471, dynoed at 28. Yeah, so I was hoping to fire it tonight, but apparently all the interweb shit I gotta do. <laughs> so yeah, like it's all race pack, all laptop, dialing it in. Oh, yeah. So wow. tomorrow's the day. For our listeners that don't know, a Pro Mod is uh, not a steel body car. It's a two two chassis surrounded in a fiberglass or plastic shell yeah. that imitates whatever. Like the, the rules really for really, it's still got to be a door slammer. Still, really? Yeah. So it still has an opening door with a latch. Right. But it's all yeah. tube chassis. Post the top of your funny car. Right? Yeah. 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 So it's still a door car. Yeah. Right? So that's the rules with like Pro Mod. Has to be a door car. What model of car is it based off of? So it's actually, uh, it's called, it's a Superbird. Okay. Oh. Cool. Like Richard mm-hmm. Petty. Richard Petty. But it's all, it's pretty iconic. I got the car. Um, oh God. Craig Sullivan built the car. Um, and it's all, it's called the Bard Murder. So it's like a resto-looking mm-hmm. rat rod of what that car would have looked like back in the day with a wrap. Um, <laughs> very cool car. And like I got the car, it was in Door Slammers too. Order it. Pay some money. And I was getting like $1,500 a month. Sponsor us. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it was netting me like $1,500 a month because I got the royalties for the game. Oh, cool. Wow. Yeah, so it's, it's a pretty iconic car for the pro mod world. <laughs> really? You know, no, probably, probably didn't get as much as like, oh God, what's the one? Uh, the truck. Farm truck? Farm truck, Farm yeah. Truck. Farm truck, obviously, is probably, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but yeah, I mean, it's cool. Like, huh. hopefully do some drag racing this year if I can get it running. Now, is there somewhere here in the state you can do that? Uh, so Billings like probably the only track that would hold it. Okay. And then like Spokane, right, 3,000 horsepower. Yeah, like I said, there's not a lot of tracks around anymore that are doing a lot of racing yeah, here I mean, in Montana. I, well, I grew up racing like Anaconda, Oh yeah. you know, going over there. But it's quarter mile, which the car is fully capable of. But a track to really hold that horsepower is going to be tough. Yeah. We go here in Helena and just do a burnout? I, I mean, I would love to. But I don't know if I want to do it the first crack out of the, you know. <laughs> you if, I, if I like, stack that thing up, I would be, okay. There goes It'll be headlines. Yeah. <laughs> Publicity's publicity. It might be good for business. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's no doubt it could be. Yeah, well, week but I'd have to fix it again. Quality. Yeah. <laughs> I learned early on there's no money in fixing my own shit. <laughs> no. No. Those engines are expensive. Real expensive. Yeah. What? Now, is that something you purchased halfway done and you put the motor No, in? I bought the car less motor. With yeah, no, no motor. motor. Yeah. No. Then I, I bought a motor that was uh, used for a year season. It was all freshened up. And they dynoed it, redid it all. So I put it all together. Now it's have like a two-speed or. What it's actually got a turbo four, uh, three, uh, turbo four hundred. Holy shit! Yeah. Really? Yeah. That like blows my mind. It's like... Yeah, it's M and M transmissions. Like they're getting them to live. Wow. So yeah, I mean, it, it actually emulates a turbo four hundred. Just three. It's a three-speed. Yeah. Yep. So it's that's basically what it has. Yeah. That's badass. Yeah, it's cool. You have to check it out. When we're done, yeah. the podcast. We well, shut her down. It likes, al- <laughs> it likes alcohol too. Oh, I bet. Yeah, 
Now, is it uh, methanol injection or? Uh... Uh, so it's it's injected, right? It's got a hat, big and ugly. Nice. Yeah. Sounds like a sexy bitch. No, it's cool, and like, it, and it's a neat car. So I'm excited. What else you got in your collection that we should we should know about? <laughs> oh gosh, um, I was just bragging, but that's okay. No, oh, I don't know. I want to know. I know. I'm a guy that collects, I so I just want to know. Like, what's in your arsenal? I tried to are add you, up. Are you getting the new demon? Is this a non-disclosure? You could say somebody I know might be. Getting okay, someone I know. Yeah. Someone you know might be getting yeah. the demon. Well, the, now is like, it a demon or a hellcat? So the new demon, uh, it's a thousand twenty-five horse, right? That's crazy, right from the factory. Right from the factory. Street legal. It's street, street legal. Yeah. Uh, zero to sixty in one point six seconds, fastest ever. Um, the thing I like, so I'm not a guy like. There's very rarely Cinderella stories with cars, right? Like you're not gonna make money on them. No. There's a few. Um, the Dodge Demon, the first one, first gen, 2018. There's 3,000 of them produced. Um, and the Vintag was on the dash. Like, right? So they told you what production number you were. Um, the next Demon, if you bought the first Demon, will match that production tag. Right? So whatever number your first Demon came off the assembly line, they'll match it. Cool. Right? So I was like, well, for collector status, I did the F8 green, which is like a pretty iconic green of the generation, right? Like that was old school F8 green. So I picked that. I'm like, everyone's going to get a black one or subline, the purple. There's only 12 of the demons in the first run that were F8 green, right? So I'm like, what am I going to do with this one? So I did exactly the same. To have a matching pair, you know, at some point. So that way I'll barely ever drive it. And whoever inherits it is going to fucking sell it and make some money. <laughs> That's what's going to happen. Right? Yeah. I don't know why Ted liked these. Like, so what are they worth? <laughs> but, yeah, and I did this one too. Because the first generation demon was a dollar to add the seats. Yeah, the rear seats. The, oh, the, all three, all seats. three seats. That's right, yeah. So I did, the, I'm like, I always kick myself in the ass because you know, the older cars bring value with like a no radio, a radio delete. Right, some odd yeah, option. Yeah, some odd option. Like how many people bought a Demon that didn't spend a dollar for a seat? Yeah. Right, so I'm like, my goal on this one, like no seats, I'll buy another seat. Because I'm going to take yeah. a passenger. <laughs> Obviously, I want to have fun with other people. Yeah. Uh, but I think that build sheet will b- bring more money in the end. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. That's uh, a good way to think about it. Yeah, I mean, it's all on what, like, what, what are the masses going to do? That's going to yeah. drive down dollars, right? Exactly. Oh, so what they're going to do. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, and within three days, that demon was sold out. What? Three days, done. Shut off the market. How many did they do? 3,000, same thing. Um, I heard a rumor this yeah, was, is the last year the, the Camaro, too. They're not well, I'm not to... sure about that. I know that Dodge... Challenger? No, I think Camaro's still going. Dodge I, I clipped heard... all the V8s, gas-powered. Really? It's done after this year. That was the last call. They called it the last call. Wow. They ended it with the Dodge Demon 1,025 <laughs> horsepower. That's a bad bitch. 
I mean, I think everyone in America should own one. <laughs> right. I mean, why wouldn't you? Yeah. Fuck. I mean, like, even you race them. Yeah. And people that couldn't race them, they, they population control. And if they did good, if they did good we wouldn't hire for the Baja. Like, right? Oh, yeah, we'll make millions of them. <laughs> like, it's literally that simple to me. Let's, let's make some money on it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or an ass car or whatever. Yeah. Have you done much with the off-road racing? I, I, I haven't. If Not really. Fuck around with any of uh, those. No, I've been in the side by side three times. I've uh, rolled them twice. So, <laughs> so don't them. ride with you. Yeah, I, would, I don't ride with myself anymore. I'm like three. I'm like I'm done. These things are not meant for me. Okay, I gotta go back to the dream vehicle. Yeah. I would love a trophy truck. Yeah. Oh, they're cool. Just pull they corners on three cool. wheels with power. Oh, fucking yeah. Fucking suspension. Three wheels, oh. Jump a fucking 60 footer. And land like nothing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think that would be so fun. Yeah, and that definitely. I'm running Hellcats now. Like, sure, I see a yeah. lot of guys on TikTok and YouTube building them with Hellcats now. I'm like, that's. Yeah, I mean, that, even that motor, right? Like, the. Uh, Can you still get the elephant motor? Yeah. And even that new one, like the the new Dodge Demon, thousand twenty five horse. I'm like, they ain't just building this for three thousand cars. It's a great motor now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're gonna be able to buy it, purchase it, put it in whatever you want. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so that's cool. That's bad. Who doesn't need a thousand twenty five horse? Exactly. I mean. Wow. Silly question. I mean, I've got four inches. I've always wanted five, but Walt's got twelve. <laughs> What I've heard. That's why you so I've tried. Like, I've tried looking plenty of times. By the way, you know, like lock the door. <laughs> I don't know why he's got to lock the. I mean, I'd be wearing spandex right now. If I had a <laughs> right? Yeah. Shit, I gotta wear baggy pants or something. Yeah. Tell. Yeah. What up? Yeah. <laughs> 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 How about you, Paul? What would you be doing? Twelve inch dick. saying uh, she wanted 12 inches and she wanted to hurt so I fucked her twice and hit her with a brick. <laughs> what I heard was if you want 12 inches I'll fold it in half. <laughs> I mean I think Paul would be having an OnlyFans right now. Seventies porno music. Yeah. So we had a, we had an intro on one of our things, and Paul's like, "Give me some bad seventies porno music, and I'll make it make you the best intro." I feel like Siri could do that for you. And it did. We were like, Siri, yep, it was bad porno music. And <laughs> we picked the top one, and he's like, "Perfect." That bitch is good. That yeah. bitch is good. <laughs> when you take a look at that thing. Mud flap on it. Walt lifted up. Are we live still? Oh, yeah. Oh, shit. Look at the butthole on that dog. Try telling him. Yeah. Loves peanut butter. Damn. What'd you do to him? Uh. He's a good boy. Yeah. 
do you do to me? <laughs> oh, shit. That's good shit, man. Rooster. Oh, boy. Oh, he's cute. Yeah. He's got this big old brick head. Well, well, boys, what are you thinking? Yeah. Oh, we better wrap her up. Anyone sure. got any more questions for Ted? Uh, I'd like to bring one more up. Yeah. I mean, I think that uh, I love what you guys are doing. I think it's looking great. Uh, I can tell you in life, if you have the discipline to wake up and do it every day, you'll be successful. Mm -hmm. Literally, I'm like, if I could say one word more than anything, discipline. I mean, like, Yeah, he's like, he's rolling around Walt right now too, right? I don't know why. He's breathing heavy. Yeah. You might have like, to shit again. <laughs> he could. He's like, guys, I gotta piss. Rooster. <laughs> See? He pays attention. He knows you. Yeah, he yeah. He pays you. Alright, I'm out of here. But yeah, like I said, if you guys focus on discipline, you can, like look for opportunities. I mean, they're freaking every day. Life, like life, is presenting opportunities. So I, I'm happy with what you guys are doing. <laughs> Getting out of the comfort zone, seeing yeah. plenty of things, doing something. You never know where it's gonna go, right? Yeah. Of course. I know we started this just to have some fun, and you know what? We're really appreciative. Opportunities of, are rolling in. Yeah, we're, we're really yeah. appreciative of guys like you that are willing to let us come. Wanted to be on the show. Yeah, being on the show, coming to your shop, yeah. you know. Well, I, mean, I appreciate that because at this point I feel like that if you do make it big, I want a piece. What's my percent? Yeah. We'll cut you a break on Yeah. Yeah. We'll give you a break on Banner ads are going to get a little cheaper. Yeah, I get it. I mean, Top so. Gun, man. Uh, oh, yeah. For any of our listeners out there, you know, uh, Top Gun Auto Body has been an absolute staple in this town. And I've personally worked with the guys. Walt works here. Great business. Please come check out Top Gun Auto Body. Damn, that dog fucking just dying over there. <laughs> yeah. He's having a good time. Please come check out Ted over here at Top Gun Auto Body. Did you want to throw your ad? Yeah, I will. You got it. Yeah, I'll do it. <laughs> well, no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to finish it with, if you don't shop at Top Gun, then fuck you. <laughs> Ricky Bobby, baby. Ricky Bobby, we're out. Shop Talk Podcast. <laughs> Believe it or not, we are trained professionals. Before attempting any repairs on your own, always learn and follow proper safety practices. Shop Talk Podcast is not meant to be repair advice and is for entertainment purposes only.